morning, everyone. Shall we get started? This is Joy Coleman, Chair of the Lawrence Historic Resources Commission, and it's 6 p.m., so we're going to get started. Um, I'll call the meeting to order um, today, January 18th. And Avery, would you like to give preliminary meeting information? Yes, thank you. Good evening, and welcome to the January 18th Historic Resources Commission meeting. My name is Avery Kerner, and with me is Lynn Braddock-Zollner, the Historic Resources Administrator. Together, we will lurk work alongside the chair to facilitate the meeting proceedings tonight. Before we begin, I have just a few reminders to share. Tonight's meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. For those who are attending the meeting virtually, please remember to mute yourself when you are not actively speaking to help minimize distractions. When the chair calls for public comment on an item, anyone attending in person may approach the podium to speak. If you are attending the meeting virtually and would like to provide public comment on an item, please use the raise your hand feature to be called upon. We also ask that everyone state their name before they speak to ensure that everyone is able to follow along. And with that, I'll turn the meeting back over to the chair. Thank you, Avery. Um, we'll take a roll call of the commission commissioners. Commissioner Haynes. Commissioner Haynes, present. Commissioner Johnson. Commissioner Johnson, here. Commissioner Izell. Commissioner Izell, here. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, present. Commissioner Holly. Commissioner Holly, here. Commissioner Meyer. Commissioner Meyer, here. Thank you. And uh, Chair Coleman, I'm here, obviously. <laughs> All right, let's get started um, on uh, item A. Have we received any communications from other commissions, State Historic Preservation Officer, and the general public? You did receive one communication that has been added to um, two of your agenda items in the packet from the Lawrence Preservation Alliance about solar panels. Thank you. Moving on to item B, um, the consent agenda. We have the uh, meeting minutes from December 21st as well as the administrative approvals. Um, Excuse me, Chair. Oh, Coleman. I skipped um, ahead. I'm so sorry. Thank you. Yeah, back on item A. Excuse me. Um, do any commissioners have any disclosures or declarations of abstention to make um, for ex parte communications or from specific agenda items? Uh, Chair, this is Commissioner Johnson. I have an abstention from uh, public hearing item two. Okay. Noted. Um, and then on to number four under item A is committee reports. I believe we have a committee report. You do have one committee report this evening from the Architectural Review Committee. Um, if either Chair Coleman or Commissioner Holly would like to speak to that, it would be appropriate at this time, or you can wait since it is your public hearing, your first public hearing item, you can wait and discuss that committee um, action at that time. Okay, I think that sounds appropriate to, uh, it is item number one. So we can 
if Commissioner Hawley is in agreement, we can discuss it at that time. Commissioner Hawley agrees. Great. <clears throat> now, item B, consent agenda. Uh, we have the meeting minutes from December 21st and the administrative approvals items. Um, do I hear a motion or a comment on any of these? Move to approve, Commissioner Hawley. Second, Commissioner Klein. Thank you, Commissioner Hawley and Commissioner Klein. We'll take a, a vote. Commissioner Haynes. Commissioner Haynes, aye. Commissioner Johnson. Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Izell. Commissioner Izell, aye. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Hawley. Commissioner Hawley, aye. Commissioner Meyer. Commissioner Meyer, aye. And Chair Coleman is an aye. Motion passes. And now uh, item C, public comment. If there's any public comment to be um, taken at this time, it would be for items that are not on the agenda otherwise. Do we see any um, general public comment? It does not look like there's any public comment in person or online. Now moving to our item D, public hearing items. Item DR2300331. Chair Coleman, I believe we need to pass um, administrative approvals. I would move to approve all of the administrative approvals that's under um, consent agenda uh, B2. Yes, we did that when we voted on the consent agenda. It, it Oh, I thought we were doing just the minutes. Okay, that's fine. I'm, I, I'm approved. I, I approve both. Sorry. Good evening, Commissioners. Lynn Braddock-Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator for the City. Um, the first public hearing item for you this evening is 815-821 Vermont Street. It's for new construction. It's um, being reviewed under the downtown design guidelines um, because the property is located in the downtown urban conservation overlay district. It is also being reviewed for certificate of appropriateness because the property is located in the environs of the Lucy Hobbs Taylor House, Fire Station Number One, and the Carnegie Library. The commission reviewed um, this application back in October and sent the um, project to the Architectural Review Committee to work with the applicant to see if there were design um, options or alternatives that could help the project better meet the standards and guidelines. Um, as mentioned earlier, the Architectural Review Committee worked with the applicant at a meeting and this is what we have this evening. This is the property location here. Um, you'll see it's actually this whole vacant lot right here to the south of the Lucy Hobbs Taylor House. 
showing photographs of the vacant lot. That is from Vermont Street. And this is from the alley with the Lucy Hobbs Taylor House over here. This is the rendering that the, or the actual elevation of what the architect has provided. I'll let him go over some of the changes, but if you'll notice, um, there is significant changes in the storefront. There are transoms above the um, balcony windows now. The balcony railings have been recessed to be in line with the building front. There have been some material changes. Um, look, this is the north side of the building, which is adjacent to the Lucy Hobbs Taylor House. And as you'll see before, this was all CMU. And now that brick has wrapped around the building. And you have a stucco or some type of cementuous um, flat surface panel here. That panel continues along the entire side of the building. As I said before, all of this was CMU. This is showing that um, north elevation. And then here's the rear elevation. Here's the rendering that the applicant provided um, for you this evening. He is not certain about the colors, so the color may change a little bit. But here you can see how that brick goes all the way up almost to the top of the structure with those smooth panels above. You can see how the balconies are recessed. The balcony um, railing is actually in line with the face of the building. And so staff is recommending in accordance with chapter 22, the standards of evaluation, that you find that the proposed project will not significantly encroach on damage or destroy the landmarks or their environs and issue a certificate of appropriateness for the proposed project. Staff is also recommending that you find that the proposed project meets the intent of the downtown design guidelines and approve the project. And with that, I'd be happy to stand for any questions you may have. Thank you. Commissioner Klein? Um, so I, I'm uh, um, deficient at reading um, site plans. Um, so it appears to me that there's a space then that is next to the Hobbs Taylor House, correct? That there's like a walkway of some kind that people can walk between the two buildings? The front, not, the, front sec, the front section of the building is pulled to the south, so there'll be space here. Um, but I believe, and the applicant can speak better to this, that north wall goes all the way um, within five feet of the Lucy Hobbs Taylor House. Okay, within five feet. And then what about the other side uh, next to Vermont Street Station? How, how much space is, is there on that side of the building? Paul, is it built all the way up? Yes. Yeah, that's zero. There's no setback on that side. Okay, thank you. Okay, if there's no other questions for Lynn, let's I, hear from the applicant. Sir, I had another yes, Commissioner quick Paul. one. By any chance, uh, being a master gardener, I'm curious to know if the fruit trees on the property can be removed and replanted elsewhere by the city. 
Um, I think they're going to be removed and planted elsewhere, but not by the city, um, somewhere by the owner of the property. Okay, that'd be great. I'd just love to see the fruit trees live longer. Thank you. Yeah, I think they have a plan to move them somewhere. So. Okay, great. Um, uh, Lynn covered most of everything. I think uh, um, the ARC was very helpful. I think some of the big improvements really was the storefront across the base, that the only windows that go to the grade are actually where the doors are. So um, it's a straight line other than that at the, at the base of the windows. Um, as Lynn mentioned, uh, we simplified the patio a little bit with the railing so that the railings just go um, a straight line. They don't turn back. Um, I think we stopped the brick at the right location um, and simplified the material. So at the end of the day, I think it's all an improvement. Um, I don't know if the ARC noticed it. Um, we discussed a little bit about the parapet across the top. We chose to lower it just slightly where the um, where the decks or patios are um, to try to break up the top a little bit. Um, but other than that, um, we're pleased with where we're at and we'd look for your support. Thank you. Um, I think now would be the appropriate time to talk about the, what the ARC comments were, as um, Paul mentioned a few of them. We, we did talk about simplifying the horizontal lines of the bulkheads and the lintels and, and reducing the number of materials, um, putting the brick at the bulkhead or the stone base, and then um, on the railing, extending from wall to wall instead of turning the corner with, with the railing to be more in character with the, um, with the design of the of the district um, commissioner holly did that sum it up or yeah is there anything else commissioner holly here um yeah i think that was a good summary it was a productive meeting um the the applicant incorporated changes that the rc suggested and we think it's compatible um, i can only speak for, for myself but i feel good about recommending I have a question for the applicant. Uh, Paul, is there any reason why on the upper, tar upper part of the building and the cornice and all that, why you wouldn't use like drive it or something like that instead of a smooth stucco? Um, I think well, I think we labeled, I think uh, the consensus is they want it smooth, but it's we labeled it for either stucco, EFIS, or a, a smooth built-up system of hardy panel or something like that. Oh, okay. Give us some options, but uh, okay. But we see it built up out of something. We're just not quite sure yet exactly right. what that just is. Just curious. Yeah. Are there any other questions from commissioners for the applicant? Well, then um, we'll take public comment. At this time, if there's if there's any, this is Avery Kerner, planning staff. It doesn't look like there's any uh, public comment for this item. Okay. Um, do I hear a motion for approval? If, if no one else wants to, I'll do it. I'll make a motion that we approve 
um, this item. Uh, sorry. <coughs> Well, I've lost the language. Staff slide would be nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was so well said yes. on that slide. like to uh, move that we approve the project in accordance with chapter 22 of the code of the city of Lawrence, the standards of evaluation and find that the proposed project will not significantly encroach on damage or destroy the landmarks or their environs and issue the certificate of appropriateness for the, the project and um, find that the, the proposed project meets the intent of the downtown design guidelines and approve the proposed project. This is Commissioner Rizal, I second. Thank you. Um, before I call the roll, is there any additional discussion or comment from commissioners? This is Commissioner Klein. I'll just say that it's going to make a huge visual uh, difference on that block um, that may be shocking to some citizens. At least to, to this individual citizen, it, it strikes me as quite a change. It will be a change. It will also, I think, fill in this uh, spot that kind of looks like a missing tooth as you go along the street line, the street front. Um, we'll take a roll call vote now. Uh, Commissioner Haynes? Commissioner Haynes, aye. Commissioner Johnson? Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Izell. Commissioner Izell, aye. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Holly. Commissioner Holly, aye. Commissioner Meyer. Commissioner Meyer, aye. And Chair Coleman is an aye. Okay, moving on to public hearing item number two. DR 2300415. Okay, I can you just one second to share PowerPoint real quick. Okay, thank you. So this project is for a solar panel installation at 1926 Barker Avenue. The proposed project is located in the environs of the Zen Burroughs House at 1927 Leonard Avenue and requires a certificate of appropriateness for review. This map shows the location of the proposed project outlined in light blue. The dark blue is the locally listed property and the dotted blue area is the 250 foot environs of the listed property. This is a view of the front west elevation of the subject property. 
Then this plan shows the location and the layout of the solar panels in red. The applicant is proposing 16 roof-mounted panels, which would be located on the south-facing roof of the principal structure. The proposed panels would be installed over the existing roof material, which is a light-colored metal. This drawing shows the proposed south elevation of the principal structure with the proposed solar installation. And then these are a couple photographs that show a southwest view of the property from the public right-of-way looking towards the property. Here you can see the south-facing roof where the panels would be installed, which would be visible from the public right-of-way. Another concern that staff had with the proposed project was with placing the dark panels on, on the top of a light-colored roof and how that would potentially increase their visibility. In response to this concern, the applicant shared that right now there just aren't a lot of options in terms of the color of panels used for residential solar projects. The proposed panels for this project would have a glass back sheet instead of a solid black back sheet, which would allow some light through to the roof. The panels would still be darker in appearance, but the light that's allowed through would help to visually break up the array so that it can blend so that it could blend in more with the roof. Additionally, the applicant shared that silver-colored silver racking could be used instead of black to help reduce the visual impact of the installation. While the applicant has taken steps in the design of the solar array to try and mitigate uh, the appearance of the panels and their impact on the environs, staff's determination is that the proposed project does not meet the applicable standards of review. It is ultimately up to the Historic Resources Commission to make the final determination on whether the proposed project encroaches on, damages, or destroys the listed property or its environs. So with that, I would be happy to an help answer any questions. Thank you, Avery. Is the applicant present? Yes. Would you like to say anything? I'm Matt Luck with Kansas Solar Systems. The applicant is also here. Um, but I just wanted to, I don't have a ton to add. I just wanted to say we do uh, support everything you guys are doing. We believe in historic preservation. We love that uh, neighborhood. I used to live there myself. Uh, so when we look at this, we do try to, um, you know, minimize the impact or the, the visual change that you're going to see. Um, the only thing I can say on this one is I feel like, you know, there are a couple angles you will see those panels, but I don't think there's uh, too many spots anywhere around there where you'll actually see the tops of the panels. And even if you look at the pictures, like across the street, you could see like the side profile. Um, you know, the one thing we, that we did was use a, not, instead of a solid black panel that doesn't let any light through, that does have a glass black back sheet like mentioned. So you will actually, if you were, were above the array, you would see white lines coming through those, those dark panels. And to us, it at least broke up that array a little bit, uh, more like a, like a shingle or something. So it was the only sort of solution we could come up with and still get the customer, um, you know, what, what they want. So with that, I mean, if there's any questions you have for me, I'd be happy to answer those as well. Uh, how old is... I did have a... All right. Go ahead, Commissioner. How old is the roof? The exact age, I am not sure. Of course, we surveyed it, and it's you know got a lot of life left in it. Okay. You know, so we're not concerned with that at all. Okay. Uh, um, I, Commissioner or Chair Coleman, I have a question. 
it, I saw on the on the roof plan the fire access path is on the back of the building and it it's measured at three feet which means I think three feet from the edge of the roof to the edge of the panel but I was wondering what it is on the front of the building how far back that first panel would be set from the edge of the roof that is a good question but I believe if there's a fire this would have been a question I apologize for um, for um, you know, for someone else within our company, and I apologize, but that would have, I believe the, that the fire access path has to be only on one roof face, so just on the back roof face, if I'm not mistaken. And I could clarify that by email this evening. I'm sure you're probably right. Um, I'm, and I'm not really concerned with where the fire access path is. I'm concerned with the distance, I think, between the edge of the roof and the edge of the first panel on the front of the, building of the house yep I because see. the closer it is to the front the more visible it will be i see yeah and that that is something that could be adjusted there is some 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 room in there to to move the panels around i know we don't want them to go all the way to the west anyway because the the owner of the house wants uh, access to get on the roof and access the back roof from that west side so he wouldn't we wouldn't want to go all the way to west with them but besides that there is some a little bit of room to move those Yeah, the, the, that's what I'm saying is the front is the west. Is that correct? Uh, okay, you're talking about, so the, the bottom of the array would be on the south side. Right, there. right and I'm talking about the, the front edge of the side of the first panel and how close that is to the roof edge. We could, we could take that panel and move it to the southeast if you thought that was, yep. If you think that. Yeah, because the furthest, the further away it is from the front of the building, the um, the less you're going to see it from the street. Yes, agreed. Yeah, and you might not see that edge at all, depending on you know. Um, yeah, when, once you remove that panel, put it the south in the southeast corner there, you might not see it at all from the street. It is a pretty flat roof, so. Any other questions for the applicant? No? Okay, thank you. Um, if, if there is any public comment, we can take that at this time. Is there, looks like there might be. I'm, I'm the homeowner and I just, uh, my wife and I have owned that house since 1996 and have rehabbed it and are very happy in the neighborhood. I just want to thank Matt and his team for their work and I also just appreciate your consideration of the request. That's all I want to say, thank you. Thank you. Good evening, Commissioners. Stan Hernley, 1100 Rhode Island Street. Um, I just wanted to add my voice to the letter from the Lawrence Preservation Alliance. I don't know if you've had a chance to read that or not. Um, I, I think it's important to really uh, weigh the impact of um, features like this that are removable. They're um, on the side of a roof that's on the opposite side away from the house that's historic listed. Um, and I think being able to incorporate um, modern technology and um, uh, maintain historic character. I mean, this isn't a listed house itself. It's a, uh, there are certain criteria you need to consider. 
Um, I think when it is the, a listed property itself, the, the review is a little bit um, more stringent. I think in the uh, uh, environs, um, I would agree with the uh, Lawrence Preservation Alliance letter. So thank you. Thank you. Do we have any other public comment? I do not see any other public comment for this item. Thank you, Avery. Any discussion from uh, commissioners? I have to say that I, um, I'm in favor of uh, sustainable projects such as this, and um, I believe they align with our city's sustainability goals. And um, as Stan Hernley mentioned, uh, the installation of a solar panel on a roof, I believe, is reversible. And um, that, it, I, I think, is important in this, to consider in this case. Um, Commissioner Klein, I would second your uh, uh, comments as well. I think that we're in the middle of climate change and anything we can do to help homeowners and institutions uh, save energy, uh, electric energy, I think is uh, very commendable. And um, because I don't see uh, Evergy um, taking down its coal plant anytime soon. So I think the more we can do um, with solar um, is laudable. Commissioner Holly. Thank you. Uh, just echo, I'm of similar mind. It's not the listed property. It's on the opposite side. You have to drive around long blocks. There's woods in between. Um, it's on a roof. The elevation drawing exaggerates the impact from the street because we're viewing as humans, not drones or Google Earth. Um, I think the it's a very minimal impact. Um, I'd be fully in favor of it. As I do not believe it damages the historical environs. I would entertain a motion. Uh, Commissioner Klein, I move, oh, I need the language. Um, I move that, um, in well, in accordance with chapter two of the code of the city of Lawrence, the standards evaluation, that we, um, um, agree that the uh, proposed project would not significantly encroach on damage or destroy the landmark or its environs. And we recommend supporting passing the certificate of appropriateness for this proposed project. It's Commissioner Rizal, I second. Thank you, Commissioner Klein and Commissioner Rizal. I'll call the vote. Uh, Commissioner Haynes. Commissioner Haynes, aye. Commissioner Johnson. She was abstaining, I believe. Oh, correct. Uh, Commissioner Izell. Uh, Commissioner Izell, aye. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Holly. Commissioner Holly, aye. Commissioner Meyer. Mr. Meyer is an I, um, but I, I just wanted to add, I guess, one comment or caveat, which is, you know, we're going to see a lot of these projects, and we obviously have another one on the agenda. 
And I think what we're going to find over time is that the Secretary of the Interior standards are not going to be in favor of these projects if you look at it from a strictly the secretary standard. And I think that's fine if we decide that, uh, you know, based on environmental reasons, that's the goal. But I, I just think that, quite frankly, there'll be, if we're intellectually honest about it, we will justify the solar panels because that's a good environmental goal. But they're probably, most of the time, not going to go along with the Secretary of the Interior standards. So that's just, so I'm voting in favor of it, but I'm just putting that out there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Chair Fulman is an aye, so we have six ayes and one abstention. So the motion passes. Thank you. Um, moving on to item number three, DR Um, this application is for 2145 Rhode Island Street. It is an addition. The property is located in the environs of the Adam and Annie Rotman House that is located at 2127 Barker Avenue and listed in the Lawrence Register of Historic Places. This is a photograph of the front of the house. This is the front of the house here. The new addition would be here and here. This is looking where that two-story addition would be right here. And a close-up view of that. This is showing the um, actual lot of the property. Um, there was mention in your staff report, this is kind of a unique property and that it doesn't face the north-south street. It actually faces the east-west street. And because of the setback of the structure from that north property line, additions are recommended for the rear of the structure. But there is no place to put an addition on the rear of the structure. Um, if you'll also notice that the garage is placed here with little um, room between it and a large addition. Um, well, sorry, let me talk about this. The garage is here, and the setback from that west property line is here, so there's not a lot of room um, anywhere else on the site to do an addition other than the location that the applicant has chosen. This is showing what that south elevation would look like. Um, here's the garage that was shown on that site plan, the front of the house, and then here is the two-story addition. You'll um, recognize in your staff report it mentioned that this is stepped back a little bit to accommodate a balcony that's here. This is looking at that north side. Sorry, 
let me get my bearings straight, <laughs> that north side of the elevation where the it's just a simple two-story addition, um, not that much taller than the original roof, and has very simple fenestration and lap siding to match the house. This is showing the existing house um, from that um, I have my directions all confused tonight. I apologize. Showing that from the east elevation. And you'll notice here is the addition back behind um, this part of the original structure. And this is the west elevation showing the two-story addition. Um, as mentioned in the staff report, there is a bay window projection on that second level um, that impacts this elevation of the structure. So there are a lot of good things about this um, application. There are in history and some in this neighborhood and certainly in Lawrence where you have additions two stories or one and a half stories behind the front of the structure. Um, some you'll know that are craftsman bungalows with the little pop out at the back that people call it an airplane bungalow. Um, there are a lot of two story or one story additions where the addition pops up a little bit above the roof line of the historic structure. It's unique for this property, as I mentioned before, in that it runs east to west. And so the two-story portion um, for the addition would be basically on the front of the house where the two-story addition on that west side of the front of the house. So it's not exactly similar um, to other rear additions that pop up above the house, some of which this commission has seen before. So, but as staff mentioned, there really is no place to put an addition on this um, structure. So the balcony creates a little bit of an issue because there are no balconies that are front facing in the environs of the listed property and the bay window on that west elevation is unique um, for uh, properties located in the environs of the listed property and then again just having that two-story addition that faces um, the primary structure. There are a lot of good things about the addition and I really believe that if this is sent to the architectural review committee that the committee can work with the applicant to find solutions that hopefully some of them are minor um, so the two-story addition could still take place but maybe in a manner that that um, meets more the guidelines and standards that are applicable to the project. So staff is recommending that you send this to the Architectural Review Committee. I'd be happy to stand for any questions you may have. Thank you, Lynn. Is the applicant present? Hi, I'm the applicant. Uh, Megan Bruey from Hernley Associates. Hi, Megan. Hi, uh, I think I have a presentation that I sent to the planning staff um, that could get pulled up. That'd be great. No, because I thought she was going to be sharing it over Zoom. Um, let me see here. 
It was added to the agenda packet, I believe. Yeah, we can pull it up on the agenda yeah. packet. Oh. Got it. Oh, is it not that? Um. Oh, you can go ahead and skip to the second slide. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay, great. Uh, all right. So, um, Lynn did a great job uh, kind of introducing the project. So, I'll just um, kind of go into that a little bit in more detail. Um, as she mentioned, uh, the project, which is um, shown by the red dot, 2145 Rhode Island, is within the environs of the Adam and Annie Rotman House at 2127 Barker Avenue, which is um, highlighted by the blue dot. Um, so, they're about, you know, a block apart. And if we scroll to the next slide, we can kind of see the view from each of those uh, buildings. Um, the first picture on this slide on the left is from the subject property looking towards the historic listed house. Um, as you can see, there are two other structures kind of blocking the view, as well as some trees that uh, really obscure the historic property from the subject property. And then from the Brotman house looking towards uh, 2145 Rhode Island, um, again, there's houses behind them and many trees that kind of obscure that view. Um, and then we can go to the next slide, please. Um, and so uh, now looking at the site, just kind of taking in the context or greater context of the um, Barker neighborhood, um, Lynn mentioned airplane bungalows. Um, they're quite common in, in the uh, Barker neighborhood. And um, a similar, even more similar configuration with an addition um, to a bungalow house is located at 2145 New Hampshire, just down the block from the subject property. So if we scroll to the next slide, we can start to see some of these examples. Uh, first one is at 2017 New Hampshire. Uh, you can see the bungalow in the front with a two-story addition popped up in the back. Um, 2027 New Hampshire, very similar. Go ahead and scroll to the next one. Um, 2021 New Hampshire, um, similar with two-story addition popped up in the back and then uh, wasn't shown on the map, but um, one that our office did, 1610 Massachusetts, um, where we even expanded the second story um, pop-up, I guess you could call it. Um, so then we can move on to the next slide. Um, so then right down the block, as I mentioned, is 2145 New Hampshire, and it's um, also located on that corner lot, um, similar with its you know two-story portion located um, closer to the north-south uh, streets, and then um, and then it has the two-story addition in the back, kind of similar popping up um, how we have ours configured. So it's very, very, very similar. Um, next uh, slide, please. Uh, now I'll just kind of go over the floor plans and um, and how, how that works. Um, so the existing first story floor plan is located on the left of the slide. Um, as you can see, uh, it has living room, dining room, kitchen, and then the first story has two bedroom and a bathroom. Um, so it's, uh, the second story is um, smaller because of the you know one and a half story height. 
um, and it's used as a primary bedroom. Um, so the whole house is um, quite small for an average um, single family home, um, especially with um, you know a kid with two families and uh, two adults who work full time um, and work from home. Sorry, that's what I meant. Uh, so we're uh, the. To the right is showing the addition, um, which adds 18 feet to the west side of the house. Um, and that would include primary suite and extending the kitchen and adding laundry to the first story, which is currently in the basement. Um, we can go to the next slide, please. Um, so here I was talking about how the second story is um, just kind of this uh, narrow space um, and has short ceilings um, because of the one and a half story height. It's currently used as a primary bedroom. Um, so like I said, that would get moved into the addition. Um, on the addition, it would become an office for um, the people who work uh, from home and the house. And they would also have a bathroom. So this is the floor plans. Um, and then I've included some renderings just to show what this addition would look like from the street. Um, so this is looking um, northeast at the addition. Um, you can see the garage in the foreground, and then uh, the, the second story of the addition is set back um, quite a ways. And, okay, and then we go to the next one. Uh, this is the southeast view of the addition. Um, and similar to showing the setback of the second story. And then the last view is that northeast view, um, showing the two-story height on the north um, side of the house. And I think I covered everything. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do, commissioners, do you, any of you have any questions for the applicant or for, for Megan? No? Okay. Um, then at this time we can hear public comment if there's any public comment on this item. It does not look like we have any public comment for this item. Okay. Uh, so Lynn, um, staff suggested that we refer this uh, this item, this project to the Architectural Review Commission and I think, I think that's a good idea. I think there are a few things um, on the design that we might be able to discuss and uh, potentially adjust um, to make it um, more, make it more compatible. Uh, I appreciate all of the the details that you've put in so far, and I think that there maybe could be some more. Um, so it sounds like a good idea to me. Well, and this is Commissioner Johnson. I, I agree that it does look like there's some things that could be done that the Architectural Review Committee could probably help with. Um, from from the examples given, and I, I really appreciate all the different examples from the neighborhood, um, I, and I'm looking at the elevations, um, the proposed elevation for the west elevation, to me seems like that that should be part of the south elevation. 
um, because they it the roof line goes more with the front of the house um, so I mean that's easy for me to say sitting here and quite possibly much harder for an architect to um, to change but that would be my um, thoughts at this moment um, before you head to the architecture review committee um, but I do I do think it is um, something that the committee could really help with uh, Commissioner Holly so I'll I, I agree and I will put a motion to send to ARC if that is a motion Commissioner Johnson seconds it there's a motion okay Great, thank you, Commissioner Holly and Commissioner Johnson. There's no other discussion. We'll take a, a vote. Um, Commissioner Haynes. Commissioner Haynes, aye. Commissioner Johnson. Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Izell. Commissioner Izell, aye. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Holly. Commissioner Holly, aye. Commissioner Meyer. Commissioner Meyer, aye. Chair Coleman is an aye. Motion passes seven to zero. We'll see you at the ARC. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, moving on to item number four, DR 2300421. This is 1500 Lennard Avenue. It's rehabilitation and new construction. The property is located in the environs of the Samuel Riggs house, located at 1501 Pennsylvania Street, which is listed in the Lawrence Register of Historic Places. This is showing the front of the house. It faces to the north, um, going down 15th Street, this, there's a lot of tree coverage in front of this. You may not have seen this gorgeous house behind all those trees. So here's a good look at it. This is the accessory structure that we're here to discuss this evening. Just quickly going around the accessory structures, showing the roof line, the simplicity of the structure. Um, there was a garage door here, a pedestrian door here. This shows the proposed elevation for that north elevation. As you'll see, there are quite a few changes. This would be the part that's the rehabilitation. There's the addition of three dormers on this elevation. The existing sliding garage door would be fixed in place. There would be two windows and lap siding in the other half of that. As mentioned in the staff report, there's an open stairway that connects the two, but it's not covered with 
the roof. On the right, you'll see the two-story addition garage with the ground floor is the garage portion of the structure, and then the upper floor um, is an office. This area up here in this entire, well, this entire structure would be an accessory dwelling unit. This is looking um, at the end of the structure, showing where that new garage door would be and the roof. But here on the existing historic structure, um, nothing would change. But you can see the dormer roof line here, and there's also a dormer proposed on the south elevation. no changes to this elevation. Oh, I'm sorry, this is the garage, so um, the fenestration pattern is only up in the second story, but you can see how the two-story portion of the structure is set back from the one-story portion. This is showing um, the rear of the structure. Again, you see that open stairway connecting the two. The two-car garage, as mentioned, there is a dormer proposed for this elevation of the structure. Um, some of the windows that are historic will remain. Um, there'll be a new double-hung window pair right here, and then a new pedestrian door here. This is a rendering supplied by the architect. Um, again, you'll notice how that second story portion of the garage structure is set back. Um, here is the historic structure with those three dormers and where the um, garage door used to be here. And this is looking from the other angle so you can see the garage doors for the new garage structure and more of the historic structure. Staff is recommending uh, approval for this proposed project because um, staff finds that it doesn't significantly encroach on, damage, or destroy the landmarks or the environs and issue the certificate of appropriateness for the proposed project. And I thought I had a slide in here, which I do not, that shows the distance of this structure from the primary structure. And I apologize that it's not in here. But there is, um, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but these are really large lots in this area. Um, the Riggs house has a very large lot. Um, this is similar to that and it's a very large lot. There's a, quite a distance between the primary structure and the proposed uh, new accessory structure and rehabilitation of the existing um, accessory structure. So staff is recommending approval for this project. And with that, I'd be happy to stand for any questions you may have. Thank you, Lynn. If there are no questions from commissioners, um, would the applicant or applicant's representative like to say a few words? Hi, this is Megan Bruy, uh, the applicant um, representing the owners. Um, I just want to say thanks for the staff report. Um, very happy with that finding. And um, we're working on getting the house and uh, 
secondary structure um, listed on the National Register. Um, so we'll be having follow-up conversations with SHPO about the rehabilitation on the, the secondary structure, the ADU. The, the current garage secondary structure, the one that will get the dormers? Yes, yes, sorry. Okay. Wonderful. Um, any questions for uh, the applicant from the commission? Seeing none, is there any public comment on this item? Not look like there's any no. public comment. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think it looks like a great project, um, and I'm inclined to agree with staff. Do we, any other commissioners have any thoughts? Commissioner Holly, I'm also inclined to approve with staff. Mm -hmm. Are we ready for a motion? Go for it. Um, I move in accordance with Chapter 22 of the Code of the City of Lawrence, the standards of evaluation find that the proposed project will not significantly encroach on damage or destroy the landmarks or their environs and issue the certificate of appropriateness for the proposed project. This Commissioner Rizal, I second. Thank you, Commissioner Johnson and Commissioner Rizal. We'll take a, a vote. Commissioner Haynes. Commissioner Haynes, aye. Commissioner Johnson. Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Rizal. Commissioner Rizal, aye. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Holly. Commissioner Holly, aye. Commissioner Meyer. Commissioner Meyer, aye. And Chair Coleman is an aye. We pass seven to zero. Thank you and good luck. Thank you. All right, so now it's time for number five on the public hearing agenda, um, DR 2300424. Yes, thank you. Give me just one second while I share. Slides. Okay, thank you. Um, as the the chair mentioned, uh, this project is DR twenty three dash zero zero four two four, and this project is for a solar panel installation at nine twenty five Vermont Street. This is a state law review, a certificate of appropriateness review, and a review against the downtown design guidelines. Back. Um, the subject property is the Plymouth Congregational Church, which is listed in the local, state, and national register of historic places. The property is also located in the environs of the Hannah Building and the Carnegie Building, and it's within the Downtown Urban Conservation Overlay District. This map shows the property location outlined in light blue at the center. The dark blue spots are the locally listed properties, which includes the Plymouth Congregational Church at 925 Iowa Street. 
and the orange line that runs north to south along the west property line of 925 Vermont Street is the western boundary of the downtown urban conservation overlay district. This is a look at the main elevation of the subject property. The proposed installation would take place on the south edition of the structure, which you can see a portion of on the left side of the, the image. This rendering shows the proposed location and layout of the proposed solar panels. In total, the proposed installation would include 92 solar panels. 60 of the panels would be south facing and 32 would be west facing. <coughs> this is another rendering of the proposed solar panel installation, which shows a better view of the roof pitch and orientation of where the solar panels would be installed. These images show the view of the south end of the property. On the left is the view of the south end of the structure from the right of way along West 10th Street. And on the right is a closer view of the same end of the structure from the parking lot to the south of the property. Here you can see uh, from the right of way the visibility of the south facing roof where the 60 uh, proposed south facing panels would be installed, while the location of the 32 west facing panels would be out of view. The Secretary of the Interior has published guidelines on the sustainability, uh, which oh. um, the Secretary of the Interior has published guidelines on sustainability, which staff uses in reviewing solar installations for properties that are listed in the state and national registers of historic places. The guidelines for solar installations include that solar panels should be low profile and located on the least visible facade. Within the downtown design guidelines, there's very little language that addresses solar panels. There's just one standard that is applicable, which says to locate solar, solar collectors inconspicuously on roofs where they will not be visible from the street. Staff's initial recommendation for the project was to relocate the 60 south facing panels to other locations of the roof where they would be less visible from the public right of way. The property includes a north addition, which has a flat roof that would be considered a more appropriate location for the 60 south facing panels. Staff shared this recommendation recommendation with the applicant to see whether other locations of the roof had been considered for locating the panels. And in response, the applicant shared that there are plans to potentially install additional panels on the roof of the north addition in the future. Based on the applicable standards of review, staff's determination is that the location of the 32 west-facing panels meets the standards and guidelines, but that the 60 south-facing panels do not, and therefore recommends denying the portion of the project that proposes the 60 south-facing panels. With that, I'd be happy to help answer any questions. Thank you. Um, could you show the slide that shows the difference, um, different parts of the building? Yes, thank you. Ready? There are no questions for, for Avery. Are there um, representatives from the client present? Yes. Yep. Um, Doug Eason, um, I'm chair of our facility committee at Plymouth Congregational Church. Um, one of the things that the church has been doing for a number of years is trying to reduce our carbon footprint. And we feel like this is a significant opportunity for us to do that. 
Um, this will reduce um, our electrical consumption between 42 and 40 percent on that meter. We have two meters in the building, one that covers the South Church and then another meter that covers the North and the sanctuary. Um, and we really feel the one thing that over 30 years that this will reduce our uh, carbon emissions by over 1 million pounds over the 30 years. And I know that the city has a strong initiative to reduce our carbon, so we would be a contributor. Um, to reemphasize the fact this is being put on the, the building that was built in 2001, it's three stories tall. So as you're standing on the ground, you can barely see the spires of our historical church. And as an occupant of a historical building, we are certainly cognizant of making sure that we want to preserve and protect historical entities. But um, we don't really feel like this impinges on that in any way. Um, the panels are black. Our shingles are black. So really, you're not changing any color, obviously, Solar panels have a little bit more of a reflective than a, a tile does, but not much difference. Um, we did, to your other question before, we did have Alpha Riffin come out and look to ensure that the roof would be in good shape, and they, they, they said it's got a lot of life left in it, so we aren't concerned about the shingles. And with that, let's see if you have any other questions. Thank you. Commission, um, do you have any questions for the applicant? No, we'll take, we'll entertain public comment then at this time. I guess that's me. I'm Scott Morgan. I'm moderator at uh, Plymouth Church. Moderator is what we call our elected lay leader. Um, so I'm speaking on behalf of the church. Um, I thank you for your consideration. This is an important issue. I appreciate all that Doug, and we also have Debbie here uh, from our stewardship board. We take our um, historic building very, very, it, it means a lot to us. A week ago tonight, we had a congregational meeting and voted to uh, engage, go into a capital campaign of hoping to get around $4 million for the sanctuary uh, to, to maintain it, to restore the organ, uh, to do a number of things with the, the stained glass windows. It is, a, it is something we take very seriously. Our history is very important to us. We're the oldest church in Kansas. That building is not the oldest church building, but our, our congregation is the oldest in Kansas. It, the church building is only from 1870. Um, the other, the building that we're talking about putting these on, the 2001, is actually the third iteration, I believe, of what we've had on that spot. There was one, I'm not sure when that was built, the 30s or the 40s, it burned down. We replaced it in the early 50s, and then that building just aged out, and we needed to do this one. This does, holds our, uh, our Sunday school. It also is where we provide space for the Head Start program, which is another important part of our mission. Um, it's very functional space. Um, the one thing I, I guess I wanted to, to add, I know that this, the staff has appropriately pointed out that it, it would be visible from uh, the, the street. Um, I looked at the, the uh, guidelines that are provide, you know, that are linked to, and it actually, I mean, it does say installing a low-profile solar device on the historic building so that it is not visible or only minim minimally visible from the public right-of-way. So, I mean, that is a bit subjective when you get into minimally. It's not just can you see it, it's how much can you see it. 
Admittedly, you can from the parking lot see it quite a bit. I would note that that parking lot is a city parking lot. It is within the downtown plan that has been adopted in 2021, um, where it is not one of the ones currently out for an RFP for, a, I think they call it a development opportunity for the parking uh, areas, but it is one that they say to make up for those development opportunities, all the remaining ones should be um, uh, budgeted and planned to become deck parking, um, which would clearly fill up that space. Um, also, um, the uh, within the last, well, I guess it was fall of 22, um, the city announced and showed uh, architectural renderings of putting a three-story building there as a Burt Nash uh, city partnership for transi transitional housing. That property line goes right up to our building. There isn't much space there. Um, so the city is very much talking about some sort of development there that is not going to, I think, remain a surface parking lot for eternity. Not, I mean, we're a church, so we talk about eternity, but <laughs> we're not. That's not what I was trying to get at. The other thing I wanted to point out was the National Park Service, when they're showing what works, what doesn't, on their solar panels on historic properties on a new addition, which is what I consider this, it's, it's only 20 years old, they talk about a brewery in Wisconsin. Its solar panels were installed on a new addition as part of the rehabilitation of the brewery, although visible from a parking area on the site. The panels are appropriately located on top of a compatible new addition at the back of the property. The installation of these panels is consistent with the historic character of the site, and the project meets the standards. And it shows a picture of a wing coming out of the back of it. The parking lot's there, and it's got the... Uh, panels clearly visible from that parking lot. So I, I, I guess I'm urging you to, to consider all things in context. It is an important part of our faith. Uh, what we're trying to do for the, the planet, that's a, uh, something that we believe strongly in, as, as Doug spoke to. So um, I guess I throw myself on the mercy of, of the commission. <laughs> but thank you for your listening to this. Thank you. Is there any additional public comment? Doesn't look like there's any other comment. Okay, I think this was this is a little a um, little bit tough. I mean, it's uh, the sustainability goals of the city, as we talked about earlier tonight, are are very important and. Um, and as the applicant pointed out, these solar panels would be installed on the non-historic part of the building. Um, but it, you know, does it align with the the goals of the Secretary of the Interior Standards and the design guidelines? Yes, Commissioner Klein. Um, I just, Commissioner Klein, I would just like to say that if he were alive today, I think Reverend Richard Cordley would approve of this project, um, given his faith, given his concern for humanity. Um, I'm all for this project. Any other comments? Yeah. 
I'd be Commissioner Holly here. I'd be particularly curious to hear if uh, Commissioner Meyer has any comments or thoughts on this one. Um, mine, mine is similar to the similar agenda item earlier. I just, if you had any additional nuance, I would love to hear it. Thank, uh, this is Commissioner Meyer. Thank you for calling me out, Commissioner Holly. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess you know my my comments are kind of the same. Uh, you know, in that. In some ways, I think this, the Secretary of Interior standards, while they take into account solar panels, are somewhat at odd with environmental goals. So, you know, I, I think we have to decide, uh, I guess, what's more important ultimately is the question. And I'm sure that's probably why staff reports and make the recommendations that they do. I just, as always, you know, I just get concerned about um, the precedent that we set for projects. Um, especially when we say, you know, when we start saying that, that that the goal that they have is is something that we appreciate and that should be an overarching priority because everybody who comes in here has a goal that is important to them or important to the environment or what have you. So I just I always think that when we make decisions, we have to be able to justify that when someone comes in with a like project and wants it approved. So. As I stated, you know, the, the solar panel projects will probably continue to be something that this body sees. And so, you know, if we're making exceptions, um, then I, I guess expect for other people to to say, hey, we want ours approved also. So, I mean, that's that's my two cents about it. Yeah, it's a good point because it could very easily uh, spill over into other items and agendas and goals. It is true. Yes, Commissioner Klein. Um, I know that uh, the Chapter 22 just got passed by the City Commission uh, Tuesday night, but I'm also wondering in reference to uh, Commissioner Meyer's concerns, um, I'm wondering if we need to um, start re revising the code for solar panels. <laughs> If that would make any difference or not, I mean, if it if it's needed, um, or if we continue looking at a case by case basis, would be fine too, I suppose. I think that's a tough one because as soon as we agree on language of a code change, I think technology will surpass that language, and then we'll be uh, faced with another another group of decisions yes, or uh, considerations. Right. Yep. Well, and this is Commissioner Meyer, you know, uh, the one thing is, I mean, we can talk about our own city code, but what we're, you know, following is the Secretary of the Interior standards, which, <laughs> regardless of our code, is something that we're looking at. So I, mean, I just toss that out there. And this is Commissioner Holly, just to reinforce, yeah, to Commissioner Meyer's point, it's, it's not anything that people in this room can, can, control. It's the national code. Um, I will say I am particularly inclined for solar panels on roof forms um, for forgiveness there, both for environmental reasons, but also because typically roofs are, a, I'll call it a field condition of relatively monolithic geometry and color, and solar panels are shinier than the roofing materials that we use today. But the roofing materials that we use today didn't exist 120 years ago. Um, it would be a whole different matter to me if it were an, 
adjacent to an ornately patterned roof or slapping solar panels onto the side of a facade, but that's not what we're dealing with in most of these cases. And this is Commissioner Rizal. I, I think when there's certainly the possibility that somebody can come in here with a really, truly ugly solar panel implementation, and I think we're going to know it when we see it. But uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that I would feel more strongly against if this proposed project had solar panels being installed on the historic building. Uh, but they're respecting the historic building and proposing them on the addition that is uh, from 2001. Yeah, this is Commissioner Johnson. I mean, the 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 wording is as it is today is we're we're making the determination of whether it damages or destroys the historic property, and I think as we've kind of reasoned through this that the 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 sanctuary, the main historic building, isn't being touched. Um, with this proposal and if you're actually looking at that historic building you're not necessarily seeing these solar panels even the ones on the south side it would be if you were looking at the historic building standing in the parking lot you would see the solar panels on the addition so I, I, I don't think in this case it's impacting the historic building um, because of the locations and that they are on uh, existing additions that were done later on. So I, I'm, I'm making the case that our leg to stand on is that it, it really isn't damaging or destroying the historic property. I would tend to agree with you, Commissioner Johnson. Um, well, I would love it if we had a motion on the table. Commissioner Klein? I'm trying to unmute. Um, Commissioner Klein, I move that we I'm looking for my language, the language, uh, that we approve um, solar panels for the south and west portions of 925 Vermont, otherwise known as Plymouth Congregational Church, um, despite, I'm not doing the right language, because I was going to say, despite the intention of the Secretary of Interior standards to prohibit solar installation. Do I need to reword that motion? I think so. Otherwise, I need some language here. I, I'm... I think, yeah, I think you're trying to say in a, uh, that you're making a motion that it does not damage or destroy, encroach upon. Right, yes. This is a landmark. This is Commissioner Meyer. There's, we have to take three separate actions, don't we? The Certificate of Appropriateness, the State yes. Law Review, uh, the Independent Design Guidelines. Hmm, okay. 
could we see the language the language there on a slide please that we need to use okay all right then i would move that in regard to the secretary of the interior standards of evaluation that the 60 south facing solar panels would not damage or destroy the historic property included in the national register of historic places in the state register of historic places that's motion one second it thank you commissioner klein and commissioner holly we'll take a um a vote Commissioner Haynes. Commissioner Haynes, aye. Commissioner Johnson. Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Izell. Commissioner Izell, aye. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Holly. Commissioner Holly, aye. Commissioner Meyer. Mr. Meyer, aye. And Chair Coleman is an aye. So the uh, first motion passes seven to zero. Excuse me, Chair. Um, yes. Because of the way the motion is worded, that does not include those west-facing solar panels. So is it your intention to approve those west-facing solar panels as well? Yes. Yes. That is my understanding from the motion. So I would amend my motion to include 60 south-facing solar panels and uh, 32 west facing solar panels. Chair Coleman, you would need to go ahead and get a second and do a new roll call vote because it's a new motion. Right. And is Avery Kerner planning staff? Um, it might help simplify it uh, if you just approve the proposed project, which would include all of the, the panels as proposed. Thank you for the tip. Avery, can that be a single motion? I think it would still have to be three separate motions for each of the reviews, mm. but just the proposed project um, for each. So we're voting on the on my amendment to add the 32 west facing solar panels to my the the motion about the secretary of interior standards would not damage or destroy do you need it completely I mean, this is this is commissioner meyer can i just to clarify that uh i think what your motion is is that in a like for the state law review that in accordance with the secretary of the interior standards the standards of evaluation make the determination that all of the solar panels would not damage or destroy the historic property included in the national register of historic places and the state register of historic places i would go with that second so are we voting again correct yes okay Thank you. <laughs> Commissioner Haynes. Commissioner Haynes, aye. 
Commissioner Johnson. Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Izell. Commissioner Izell, aye. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Holly. Uh, Commissioner Holly, aye. Commissioner Meyer. Commissioner Meyer, aye. And Chair Coleman is an aye. This is Commissioner and, Meyer. Yes. I'll go ahead and move that um, uh, regarding the certificate of appropriateness that in accordance with chapter 22 of the code of the city of Lawrence, the standards of evaluation find that the proposed solar panel project in its entirety would not significantly encroach on damage or destroy the landmark or its environs and approve the certificate of appropriateness for that portion of the proposed project. Commissioner Klein seconds. Thank you, Commissioner Meyer and Commissioner Klein. We'll take a vote now. Commissioner Haynes. Commissioner Haynes, aye. Commissioner Johnson. Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Izell. Commissioner Izell, aye. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Holly. Mr. Holly, aye. Commissioner Meyer. Mr. Meyer, aye. And Chair Pullman is an aye. And this is Commissioner Meyer. I will go ahead and move regarding the downtown design guidelines um, that we find that the proposed solar panel project does meet the principal standards and criteria for utilities and energy retrofit of the downtown design guidelines for the downtown urban conservation overlay district. Commissioner Klein, second. Thank you, Commissioner Meyer and Commissioner Klein. We'll take a vote. Commissioner Haynes. Commissioner Haynes, aye. Commissioner Johnson. Commissioner Johnson, aye. Commissioner Izell. Commissioner Izell, aye. Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Holly. Commissioner Holly, aye. Commissioner Ryder. Commissioner Meyer, aye. Chair Coleman is an aye. So the project passes. You may proceed, thank you. And good luck. <laughs> Moving on to item E, are there any miscellaneous items? Staff just has one um, miscellaneous items. It's regarding the letter that you received from the Lawrence Preservation Alliance and um, wanted to know if you wanted staff to research and bring back to you possible solutions for staff to make administrative reviews for solar panel projects. Yes, I believe that sounds smart. Um, other commissioners have any thoughts about that? I think it sounds like we'll need it. Uh, we'll get more of these applications being um, presented. And I'm wondering on a related note, when uh, chapter 22 revision is passed through the city commission and, and at, you know they, they talked about it this week, um, and we, well, how, how long until we start using it and uh, the projects, for example, that are just, you know, the corner of the property is clipped by, um, uh, is within the context area of a listed property or a district, 
and that would go to staff review. You know, when does that start? The city commission adopted the resolution for the ordinance on Tuesday night. It will go mm -hmm. for second reading next Tuesday night. And then there's a period for legal publication of the ordinance. As soon as that publication of the ordinance takes place, then the new code would be in place for us to start using. Thank you. And that was my other miscellaneous item to thank all the commissioners present and past for the past 10 years who have put a lot of time and energy into rewriting chapter 22 and I'm very appreciative of that. And thank you to staff as well. Joint effort. Thank you. Yes. Um, on a related note, I have a question. Um, is it legal, I guess is the term, for in, for individuals, uh, individual historic resource commissioners and or this body to write a letter to Secretary of Interior um, stating our concerns and our positions? Would that be appropriate? Our concerns and positions on the installation on solar of solar panels. panels. Yeah, on the installation of solar panels on historic properties. With with the the again everything we've talked about the, the fact that uh, climate change for uh, we need you know more solar for um, uh, sustainability et cetera. Just just like three sentences. Would it be appropriate for us for either me and or us to do that? Because I'd be willing to draft a letter. Well, I. I mean, they, the Secretary of the Interior has the uh, guidelines for sustainability, and I, I think that by drafting a letter, we would be saying that we are disagreeing with those or think that they have forgotten something. I guess I'm not sure what that letter would say. Well, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm pointing out that sustainability should trump historic preservation, perhaps. Or, you know, oh, that it, well, I don't want to that, write that letter. Well, I, I'm using the wrong language. I, I need to. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking if it's appropriate for us to write something that just lets us know we're concerned about, we love historic preservation. We want to keep historic preservation intact. And we're also concerned about sustainability and that we would like the Secretary of the Interior to consider balancing those two um, standards, those two concepts together. This is Commissioner Meyer. I mean, your question was, was it legal? I mean, I, I think anybody can write a letter to the Secretary of the Interior and express concerns about their guidelines. Um, I think that you would, it would probably be beneficial if, and you could do it as an individual or if you're asking the body to do it, but you should probably propose language that you think would be more appropriate. I mean, the fact that they have sustainability in their guidelines indicates that they're considering sustainability. So, I mean, it's not that there's not, it's just perhaps one disagrees with how they look at sustainability or, or the balance between the two. between the two. So, you know, Yes, that's that's what I would say about that. Well, and this is Commissioner okay. Johnson. I I'm 
would like to get um, staff's thoughts on interpreting the new chapter 22 and interpreting the secretary and the interiors guidelines, particularly in light of the comments that the planning commission, not the planning commission, the, the US commission, historic resources commission has um, brought up as to how we're interpreting things. And I, I would love if there was some mechanism where staff could write us a memo on how they would interpret the new chapter and those guidelines in the future, keeping in mind what the HRC has done recently. I think that's something that we can certainly work on. It may not come back at your February agenda. Mm -hmm. That's a very lengthy agenda. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully we would have something to you in March to look at. Mm -hmm. Which in March is quite possibly where we have our work plan meeting. That's correct. So that might be really appropriate at that time. Sounds like a great plan. Any other miscellaneous items? No, then I believe we are adjourned. Thank, Thank you. you very much, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night.